Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode from the Behavior Beauty Podcast. I am your host, Macy. Hi, how are you all doing? I am doing well. Um, The semester is done. (laughs) I'm pretty much finished with school until August the 25th. So I'm going to try to record a podcast every week because now I have more free time to do that. So let's just go ahead and get into this episode. So I want to talk with you all about if you follow me on Instagram, I'm at Behavior Beauty Podcast. In my bio, I say that if I can find the function, I can see the beauty in all behaviors. So this podcast, I'm going to be talking about whether or not it's really possible to find beauty in all behaviors. Because when you look at behaviors, it's anything a dead man can't do. So that's kind of like the the motto, the saying for applied behavior analysis, which is what I'm studying right now. So, you know, that was kind of something that I thought about, you know, like, is that really possible? You know, is it possible to find the beauty underneath the hurt or the beauty underneath the bad behaviors. Because if you really look at the climate of our world today, it's very uh, hostile. It's very sensitive. There's a lot of feelings and emotions that's going on. And and I just, I just sit back and I analyze and I just really pay attention and watch people's behaviors. Hence, studying behavior analyst uh, or studying behavior analysis, which will be part of my job in a sense. And so, you know, I just try to really analyze people and just really understand like why people do what they do. And that's essentially what behavior analysis is. Like what is the function of people's behaviors? Why are people acting the way that they do? What's going on? Like what's underneath um, the be- the behaviors, right? Or the negative behaviors. So in this episode, I just want to talk about specifically in the world of applied behavior analysis behaviors, right? So that's a little bit uh, narrow. It's not going to be as broad in terms of like what's happening in the world and all of that. I want to really narrow the conversation down to applied behavior analysis and in terms of behaviors that are targeted to be changed. So in terms of applied behavior analysis, it targeted it targets socially significant behaviors in an individual. And anytime you're modifying or you're trying to change someone's behaviors, you have to be very, very careful and really mindful and follow the ethics. Okay. That's one of the things that I'm going to be diving deeper into as I get into this field and begin to really learn about how much pain um, a lot of people have suffered within the field of applied behavior analysis. And I don't want to be a part of that. My goal was always to get in to help individuals because I do have an eight-year-old that has autism and his behaviors are very challenging for us at times. And so I always wanted to make a positive difference. It's like, how can I make a positive difference, not a negative difference, right? So let's take a look at this question because it's a very important one as to whether or not there are beauty in these behaviors. Um, So as I talked about, 
you know, our climate now, but let's talk about behaviors in itself, right? So behaviors can look a certain way, but in applied behavior analysis, we look at whether or not if that behavior can be measured and is it observable, right? So, um, you know, as we know, behavior can also have, it's a, it's, it can be broad. It can be so many things. Behaviors can be negative. They can be positive. Um, behaviors can hurt people. They can do so many things. They can affect us for the rest of our lives. So there's a lot to consider when you, when you really talk about behaviors, but let's talk about the ones that we can measure and observe, right? So in applied behavior analysis, when, when we're looking at behaviors, like I said, we, we look at whether or not if we can measure it and observe them and all behaviors have a function, right? So people don't just do things just because they do it. And most of the times people have to get something out of it, right? So it, an example would be if you're going to work every day, your reward is to get your paycheck. If you start a podcast you may want to reach so many people around the world, right? You don't necessarily have to, money is not necessarily the reward for everyone. It could just be that you want to help people. Like for me, I have a YouTube channel. I don't get paid off of that channel. Um, I just like spreading autism awareness. I like spreading our story. I like giving back to people because people on the internet, on YouTube, they helped me. So a lot of people's end goals isn't to get paid, but you are doing something to get something. And so when you look at behaviors um, in the field of applied behavior analysis, you look at the functions. Like, why is this happening? Why is the child running away? Why are they eloping? Why are they uh, engaging in tantrum behaviors or why are they eloping? And once you really start to dig deep and understand why those behaviors are occurring, and then you put into place positive um, reinforcement, you put positive functional interventions into place, then you can find beauty in that behavior of eloping, right? So if you have, I keep saying, right, ugh, I don't know why I'm going to, I'm going to try to stop saying that because I don't like that. All right. Where was I at? So I guess what I'm trying to say is that if you can find the function in behaviors, then it is possible that you can find beauty in that. So an example for me was whenever I was in school for this previous semester, I do a lot of my homework at my desk. And there are so many distracting things at my desk. Like I have my computer here. I have my phone. I have my TV. So many distractions other than doing my assignments. So one of the things that you, that behavior analysts do to figure out the functions of behaviors is they do a functional behavior assessment. And then uh, from there, they do, a they do behavior intervention plans. And so one of the projects that I had to do this semester was conduct a functional behavior assessment on myself and target a behavior that I wanted to decrease. So I text a lot. If someone texts me, I don't care if I'm in the middle of a deep thought, I will stop what I'm doing and I will respond to the text. So that is a behavior that I decided to target. And once, and because of the texting, I want to go back because of the texting, I was always distracting myself and I could have gotten my assignments done a whole lot faster had I not been distracted with the text messages and phone going off. And sometimes I would get phone calls and it would just get 
it would just become a point where I could have gotten way more done than what I did. So I wasted a lot of time. And then by the time I would start working on my homework, I wouldn't be in the groove because I learned about myself that what I learned about myself is that I have to get into the motion, into the groove of studying. And if that is interrupted, it has to start all over again. So that's what would happen. And I would just constantly stay off track, constantly not finish stuff that I could have finished, right? So with that being said, uh, I decided that that was a behavior that I wanted to target. And obviously it was hurting me. So I targeted that behavior. I found out what the function was, why I was doing it. And come to find out, I was doing it for sensory seeking. And it was a it was for me to get away from my homework. And we learned over the semester to put in uh, to, or to apply a effective intervention for myself on, and things that I can do that could minimize my frequent texting behaviors as I sit at my computer. And at the end of the day, I don't frequent text anymore, right? So when I'm sitting at my desk and I'm doing my homework, I shut my phone off. I don't even have it on. And so there was beauty in that behavior, in the frequent texting. I was able to come up with a plan, be consistent. And for the rest of the school year, I wasn't distracted anymore. And I was able, I was able to move out. It helped me to move forward and I rewarded myself and I said, you know, Maynell, if you can do this, then I'll cut my study time in half by 30 minutes. So whereas if I stop studying at 1030, I'll stop studying at 10. So there was beauty in that. And, and I could provide probably a ton more examples of that and it would the outcomes would all be the same. So how many of you have behaviors that kind of kind of stop you from doing things that you want to do and they just kind of get in the way, they're interfering with things that you you know you need to do and if you can find out why you're doing that, like what is the reason because behaviors there are four functions of behaviors and if you can find out which function that is and then apply it and reinforce yourself, then you can find the beauty in that, right? So that's a good thing to be able to uh, do. I mean, I was able to become very successful with that. And so, um, yeah, that those are pretty much the examples. Now, we all know that when we take a look at behaviors and we decide whether or not if they serve a function, then that can change the outcome. But you have to be consistent and you have to implement procedures and treatments that align with what you're trying to target. So that's very important also. So I guess the answer to my question is, is there beauty in all behaviors? I would have to say in some cases, yes, not in all cases, but I would definitely have to say is that there is beauty in all behaviors in some cases. So thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. I appreciate it. Let me know what you guys think. And I will talk with you all in the next episode. Bye, guys.